Mindfulness Mode 170. With patience and just being in service, you never know the impact you can create. You never know how many generations that will continue to go through. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. So, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited. I'll mention right at the top of the show, today's guest and I have the same last name. Although we're not related, I, I got to tell you, I am so excited to tell you I have Javon Langford with us today. Hey, Javon, are you in mindfulness mode? Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, you truly sound in mindfulness mode. And I, I will just say this right now, a little little bio, a little intro. Javon Langford is an international speaker, a workshop facilitator, and male empowerment coach. He has the ability to connect with those he helps and to dig deep into your story, your why, and your legacy. Javon has been successful as a professional basketball player, a model, and now a men's mentor with his series of workshops called The Elevation Effect. Javon is a truly grounded, focused guy who is keenly aware of what it means to be here now. And I've just returned from Toronto where I was personally honored to be a participant in the Elevation Effect. So it's been a really impactful weekend, Javon. Let's let's start here. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling phenomenal. It's such a blessing and a pleasure and an honor to be in a space where men are truly willing to do the work on themselves so they can show up in the world as empowered men. And I just feel truly blessed to be here, Bruce, and such an honor to be with you as well, brother, my my, my fellow Lankford and my fellow soldier in this world of, of truly being an ambassador of love and, and support. And the feeling is truly mutual. Javon, let's start here. What does mindfulness mean to you? Well, I, when I think of mindfulness, the first thing that comes to mind is the word awareness. And what I've worked on this last, I'd say, four or five years is really building my awareness and also building my emotional body. You know, I do a lot of this work. You were able to participate in the workshop this weekend. And I think as we build our awareness, we actually open the door for many choices in our life, right? It expands. And as we choose different things, we choose different people, we choose to be in different spaces, we also then produce different results. And I think that life is meant to be lived based on results. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And yeah, living life in different spaces, your life filled the space of an athlete, a basketball player. Tell us about that life. Tell Mindful Tribe how mindfulness played a role there. You know, everyone talks about sports all the time, about how they love to be in the audience, they love to participate, love to play. For me, I felt very empowered on the court. And I felt empowered because I had what they would call a high basketball IQ. I could see the floor. I was a big man. I'm 6'6", so I played by, I played in the, in the, they call it in the paint. So I'm the guy under the hoop grabbing rebounds. And I loved it because being in the paint, you have an ability and the capacity to see the whole floor. 
You're not restricted by anything. So I loved being there, being able to have an opportunity to create a moment on the court. That's what it's truly about. It's about creating moments. And I think sports has supported me in so many different realms, not only understanding the power of team, the power of connection, the power of communication, and, and most importantly, really understanding that I am a contribution to something bigger than myself. So how did you connect with your team? How did you make sure that that connection was really working and working for the game as well? I think it's the same thing as in life. It's about practice. You know, we, we practiced four to six hours a day sometimes. Sometimes we had two a days. We practiced in the morning and in the evening. Uh, we spent time together on the bus, on planes, traveling in the dorm rooms, um, connecting outside, going to the movies together. There was always, we were constantly practicing understanding each other's minds and hearts. And I think it turns into a subconscious thing where you really connect with people on a level and these words don't really need to be exchanged. And in sports, you have what are called plays. We, we set a game plan before going onto the court and we use symbols, hand symbols, certain words to communicate certain things. And it gets to a point, Bruce, where you're on autopilot and it's like this unconscious competence that we build amongst each other. And it's really beautiful. And when that is strong amongst a team, strong amongst a community or a tribe, then the results that are able to get produced are astronomical, galactical, just mind-blowing. Wow. And that's, that's the kind of success we're all striving for, isn't it? Where you really feel that unconscious awareness. Yes. So, yeah. So let's talk about your story. You experienced some real challenges as a child, which, which I'm sure helped shape you as the man you are today. But could you tell Mindful Tribe a bit about what it was like growing up as a child? Absolutely. I think it's important. Stories are one of the most important things that we share with each other. And just to give some broad strokes to the audience, I grew up in a household where I lost my father very early. He was I was four years old. He was 29. We got diagnosed with leukemia. And within six months of his diagnosis, he passed away. And my mother, who was a teenage mom when she had me, she took it very hard and turned to drugs and alcohol, unfortunately. And for the majority of my life, has struggled with that. And it resulted in me and my sisters uh, being put in foster care. I'm the oldest of five and the only boy. And so I struggled with masculinity, with sexuality, and really understanding how to be a man in this world, how to communicate, how to be one of the guys. And that's a conversation that has lived with me for a number of years, something that I've worked through and am still working through. And it's definitely affected how I've shown up in the world. And I think it's really important for us to understand that if we don't reframe the stories that do not work for us, then our stories will reframe our lives for us. And if we don't do the work and find the community and tribes that support us and reinforcing the conversations that do support us, then it'll be a very challenging and an uphill, uphill battle. Yeah, I believe you're absolutely right. Yeah, we have to connect with others. We have to be willing to reach out and share and ask for help sometimes. So how do you ask for help? Man, you know what? I ask for help by going first. It's a lot of pride and ego that are trigger when it comes to requesting support from others. But when you understand that you're here for something bigger and you have a vision that's bigger than you, it cannot transpire without the support of other people. And so what's really supported me is understanding that my life is not about me and that I'm here to serve people, right? I used to be a leader who served, but now I'm a servant leader. And the difference is putting service first. And as I serve others, I too am served. Right. 
you talked a bit already about your emotional body and what that means to us as men. Can you expand on that? Absolutely. We as men and women have a physical body, the container, right? That which we use to communicate with each other. But within that physical body is what's called the emotional body. Also known, it comes from a Greek word called somatikos, which is a live and living being. And unfortunately, when it comes to men, we're told to be physical and to neglect and deny our emotional body. And the emotional body is like a living library. It stores all of our experiences and the events that we've been through as children. So when dad physically abused you or when mom said something to you when you were looking in the mirror that you're ugly or, or you can't or you won't and, and or you were scorned for having a, a C or a D in your grades, those experiences and events are stored with the emotional bodies. And as we go through life, not ever healing them, we get triggered in relationships, we get triggered in the workplace, and we don't know how to deal with those things. And so it turns into depression, it turns into suicidal thoughts, it turns into drinking, promiscuous sex, because they're never addressed, because we neglect, and we delay and deny those feelings, because we're told it's not what men do. And what I really love about the work that I do is we get to go to those uncomfortable places. And I think I've been very successful in this arena because I've done the work on myself. And what I truly believe is you can't go, you can't see and experience the depths of others unless you first do that with yourself. And as you experience this weekend, Bruce, it's, it's very deep work. It's uncomfortable work. But what lives on the other side of that work is freedom. It's personal freedom. It's clarity of mind. It's heart opening. There's so much more available on the other side of those conversations for us. Yeah, there really is. And how do you think mindfulness can play a role in helping us be in touch with our emotional bodies? Man, mindfulness, the awareness of what comes up for you. So me, I experienced a lot of trauma around my mom not being in the picture, my dad being absent. Another piece of trauma that really caused a lot of shame to live within me is experiencing sexual abuse as a kid. And so those experiences store in the emotional body and we get triggered. And if we're not aware of those things, then we blame and project our pain. We blame and project our shame. We blame and project the things that are not working in our lives. And we don't take personal responsibility for them. But when you're aware of that which is not working, when you're mindful of that which is not working, you can take personal responsibility and make a different choice and ultimately receive and experience a different result. And I love how you talk about reframing your story, which is something you've already mentioned as well. You know, we figure out what our story is, what it is way back there that is kind of making us tick. And then it's a matter of taking that story and thinking about, okay, how much of that story is making me feel like a victim? And what can I do to reframe the story? Share that with us, will you, Javon? Absolutely. Reframing has changed my life 100%. Reframing is simply framing or expressing words or a concept or a story differently. It's using different language. And so I used to say my mom was a drug addict and my dad died and I'm a charity case and I grew up in foster care. But now I know that my mother was a child raising a child. My father had no choice. He could not change cancer within his body. It was something he had no control over. And so he's not with me Physically, however, he is here with me spiritually on this journey. And I was blessed and fortunate enough to be raised by an incredible woman known as my grandmother who loved me and cared for me and showed up for me and always called me forward and supported me on the journey and opened up doors for me that I couldn't open for myself. And today, 
my greatest challenge connecting with men has turned into my career. As a men's empowerment coach, I create content, community, and conversations that support men in breaking through their greatest challenges so they can live their legacy now. And what a gift it is to have taken a thing that I was a victim to and now be victorious in that same conversation. Yes, and how wonderful that you can share with men and really bring this out and help to, like you say, help to empower men. Let's talk about the time you spent as a model, working as a model. That must have been very different from your work as an athlete. Would you share some of that, some of those differences and how you used mindfulness to help you stay grounded during that time? For sure. Luckily, I came again from a very grounded home, a home where you know, sex and drugs were not something that we discussed heavily. But when we did, it was brought up in conversation. It was clear that those were things that were not going to support us in becoming the people we desired to become. It was expressed that these things have occurred in our family unit and they don't work. And so I knew I had a lot of examples of what not to be within my family. So I was mindful of the fact that that was not the path that I was going to go down. In arts and entertainment and sports, they really, they really saved my life playing sports in high school, college, playing abroad was really like eye-opening. It was heart-opening to see how big the world was and how small it was in the same time, how big I was in the world and how small I was all at the same time. And being in the entertainment industry, modeling and doing print work and doubling, uh, doing stunt doubling and runway, all those things, it's truly just the exposure is what I received from them. The exposure, it gave me an opportunity to collect information information that was going to support me going from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I think this journey is all about collecting, being a a connector and a collector of information. And both those arenas supported me in collecting that information. It was up to me to take action on that information. And that makes all the difference. Javon, a lot of people tell me they stay grounded using meditation. Is meditation part of your life? Meditation is something that I've absolutely incorporated in the last year. Um, from audio tapes to deep breathing exercises to yoga class to uh, working with one-on-one meditation coaches, actually. I have a couple of friends who are in the arena, and they're very powerful, traveling globally, changing lives. Um, I meditate. It's something that I, to be quite honest, um, it challenges me because I grew up in a family where urgency was important, where results were, were, were the focus. And so movement, going from country to country, doing workshops and trainings. I have a digital agency. I have a nonprofit organization called The Mentor, working with inner city and foster boys. And so I'm always in the move and juggling these things. It's sometimes challenging to stop because stopping means I'm not doing anything, but it means that I'm being everything. And it's about my being. And that's a big part of mindfulness for me is how am I being? What are my ways of being? And so I've collected different um, sound uh, sounds and also five-minute and ten-minute meditations I carry with me in my phone and my iTunes library that have supported me. And just taking a moment, taking a moment for myself and recalibrating my energy, grounding myself, and then moving with urgency. So speaking of, of being a traveler all the time, how do you stay fit? How do you, how do you keep up the game as you're always on the go? That's, that's the trick. If I had the answer to that, I would bottle it and I would sell it <laughs> to entrepreneurs around the world. <laughs> it's not really a trick. I think the biggest thing is consistency, whether it's push-ups, 
crunches and jumping jacks. I, I carry a jump rope with me as I travel. And I always try to keep my body moving and stretching has been a big thing. So if I'm in a city, I'm in Toronto at the moment. I do go to yoga class, uh, bring my jump rope, I'm stretching. Um, I have a very good friend of mine. His name is Jetty Azuma, and he's the founder of the Movement Academy. And he does a lot of one-on-one coaching with guys around the world where he actually supports you, people who like myself who are global and social entrepreneurs, and doing Skype sessions where he supports you and doing different movements to support you and keeping the blood flowing through your body throughout the day. So just having those little techniques and tips and tools have been very supportive as well. Right. You say men. You say we're looking for three things. Would you talk about those three things and expand on that? For sure. I think, in my experience, that a lot of men who coach or are looking to be coached focus on one of three things. That's having more money, having more sex, and also being and feeling powerful. And as a men's empowerment coach, I believe that it's about power. I think money is phenomenal. It's energy. It supports you in creating experiences and moments. I think sex is a beautiful thing as well. It's a way to deeply connect and to create intimacy amongst two spirits. However, what I do believe in addition to that is that both those things are not fulfilling if one is not in their power. And a lot of men are searching outside of themselves. A lot of men are living outside of themselves and feeling empty and unfulfilled because they are in both those experiences without their power. And so I think it's very important that we do the work to see, to identify, to be honest, to acknowledge what we're giving or who we're giving our power to. Because when we can identify that, we can take that back. When we find ourselves in an intimate moment, when we find ourselves collecting money, then we are able to do it at a much higher level. And life is about leveling up because if you don't level up, you level off. And there are a lot of men who are leveling off and they're playing very small, they're hiding out and living very unfulfilled lives. And, th- and that's not the way that it has to be. No, for sure not. Juwan, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade and I've seen how mindfulness can really make a huge positive difference in the lives of anyone who is bullied. Do you have a story about a specific bullying situation that you could share with Mindful Tribe? You know what? I grew up in a household, like I said, with all females and I was very feminine when I was a child and I was teased a lot, both by kids at school and some family members even teased me, to be honest. And I was very challenged. I felt like I was on a battlefield in, from seventh grade, really all the way through high school. And not really having that strong bond or that, that consistent male friend or even really female friend throughout that journey. And I do remember many moments where I felt alone. I felt as if there was no one there to protect me. I felt like there was nothing human to lean on. And it was in those moments where I remember saying to myself, it's going to be okay. It's almost over. It's going to be okay. It's almost over. And I felt like I was a spiritual person, a spiritual being having a human experience. I was like, why can't they see how incredible I am? Why can't they see how powerful I am? Why can't they see how nice I am? Why can't they see my heart? And what I realized is that there are a lot of people who are in households, a lot of children who are are in households and are dealing with a lot of stuff and they come to school to take it out on the other kids. They're only a reflection of the experience that they're having at home and in their personal lives. And I learned not to take it personally. I learned that it was not about me. They weren't doing it towards me because 
of my of, of of how I was showing up. It was because of what they were experiencing on their own. And there were many moments uh, being in gym, being picked on in the cafeteria, you know, people throwing food and being pushed in the hallways, being bullied or being cornered in the bathroom, um, even after games, uh, basketball games in the parking lot. There were so many moments where I was bullied or I was teased or taunted or made fun of. Um, but I, I truly can say today that I'm a better man because of it. And it's made me so much more of a compassionate friend, a compassionate partner, brother, friend, nephew, grandson, and a better man. Yeah, wow. Well, you know, I want to talk to you about something, Javon, that's it's kind of a little difficult to talk about because I know a lot of people who get into the space you're in, they're, they're speakers, they're on YouTube a lot, all of these kinds of things. Sometimes what comes into the, the space are haters, you know, and they challenge you or they, you know, maybe even in some of your workshops, you've had somebody who just feels like they're just there to challenge you. Have you had that? Can you share that with us? And if so, how did you deal with that? You know, it's a great question. Today, I don't have haters. At least I don't have eyes for them. Let me explain that. I spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, worried about what other people were doing, where other people were going, the money they were making, what they had that I didn't have. A lot of comparing and contrasting and realizing that that's not my journey. That's not my stuff. And they're certainly not my people. And what I've come to realize today is that I don't have haters because my eyes don't look for that. I don't have haters because my ears don't hear those things. I don't have haters because I'm not the space for hatred. I'm the space for love. I'm not the space for hatred. I'm the space for connection. I'm the space for abundance. I'm the space for possibilities. And so I don't allow those types of conversations in my space, nor do I tend to attract them. So for me personally, it's not something I expend a lot of energy. That's something I converse with. If I hear someone speaking about that, immediately I know they're not my people and they're in a different place in their life and I'm okay with that. And today, I understand there's a lot of people I can't afford to spend time with, Bruce. And that's people who talk about haters, who are haters, who, are, who live in that realm. It's just not something I spend a lot of time focusing on because I know that which I focus on is going to expand in my life. And that's certainly not something I have a desire for. Yeah, I really like that, Siobhan, because... You know what? It's it's true. There's so many people out there who are just hungry for your message that, yeah, there's no reason to focus on anything else except what you can do to help others. And, you know, frankly, I've been able to do that same thing in the, the anti-bullying space as well. So that's really great. Javon, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Wow, that's such a great question. The first person that comes to mind is my grandmother. She mm. is one of the most profound, uh, just profound, charismatic, and deeply connected and present person I know. She's taught me so much about myself, but what I love most about her and why I admire her is because she always called me forward. She never called me out. She always called me forward and treated me as her equal, and I think that's why it's really largely contributed to the man I've become today. So how has mindfulness affected your emotions, Siobhan? It's caused me to go from being an emotional man to an emotionally intelligent man. And what I mean by that is really taking personal responsibility for what I'm feeling and experiencing in my body and not making it out of somebody else's. Right. I feel like I know the answer to this next question, having been in the workshop, but tell us how breathing 
is part of your mindfulness practice? Oh, people ask me, what is your morning routine? And I say, I breathe. I breathe deeply. I breathe slowly. I breathe consistently. And it's so important to fill our body with fresh air. Fresh air, fresh air is everything to our body because it's healing. And it's our job, it's our duty, it's my job, my duty and responsibility to heal my body on this journey and to, of remembering who I truly am. So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? It would be All the Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. That book has changed my life. It's a children's book. I order it for the clients I work with one-on-one. It's a journey of a young man who goes in and out into the world, and he just understands the lessons that are waiting for him. And he embraces the journey. He learns to embrace the journey and knows that he is, all that he is, is all the world will ever need. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Audible. I'm on the go and I love listening to books. I love learning and growing. And the app is pretty powerful. I wish it offered more books at a time. However, it's been really beautiful to be able to hear a book that I like and add it to my wish list and just be able to use that content with me as I go through in the workshops, trainings, one-on-one coaching, speaking engagements. It's really beautiful to be able to consistently pour in myself and not have to carry any hardcover books with me. Javon, you have helped so many men and so many people in the world. Can you share a story about someone that you have helped about the transformation? It doesn't mean that we need to know specifics about that person, but can you share a story like that? Absolutely. I remember my junior year of college, my mentor, his name's Michael Legace. I call him Pops. He's very much a father figure in my life. He came up to school, to campus. I went to Skidmore College and I was complaining about how I didn't like the campus and that this wasn't the school for me. I should have, I should have chose a bigger school. I should have chosen a more diverse school. I should have chosen a less expensive school. And he said, listen, you see that railing right there? Put your hand on the railing. We're going to call this the appreciation rail. Okay. And every time you feel yourself being unappreciative for what you have, I want you to come here and remind yourself that you are a collegiate athlete that you are a scholarship, you are a scholarship awarded student, that you have your family, you have your health. You have so much to be thankful for. You are at one of the top institutions in the world and you are doing a very good job. You may not have everything you want, but you are always covered at all times. You have your family and he just went on and on and on and really made me realize and really brought tears to my eyes. And it was a very profound moment. Well, let's fast forward. Seven years later, I moved to California and I become a mentor to a young kid for the Tiger Woods Foundation. And he's a UCLA student and he's very, uh, he's an Asian, uh, young Asian gentleman. He's an amazing guy, small guy. And I was afraid that I wasn't gonna be able to connect with him on a deeper level, maybe culturally or maybe because he was more academic and I was more athletic focused. And I had all these stories about how, why this wasn't gonna work. And I remember meeting him on campus and going for a walk and he was complaining about how he missed his family. He missed going to church on the weekends and how the school's too big, it's a huge campus. And I said, hey, let's take a walk and I bring him to a railing and I in my mind thought I was going to create the same moment and I told him you have so much to be thankful for and you're a great kid and your family loves you and you, they get to visit them on the weekends and you can do this and that and this and that and he said okay Javon and he started walking away from me and I said well that didn't go over the way that I thought it would <laughs> and the moment passed and you know what happened Bruce three yeah, weeks but- later I receive an email and it's a picture of a selfie with him on his hand on the railing and saying, Javon, I just wanted to let you know that I visited the appreciation railing today. And I'm so thankful to have you in my life. 
And I wanted you to know that I heard you that day. I really did. Wow. Wow. What a story. And it was just a powerful full circle moment that we think that people need to get things in the moment. And with patience and just being in service, you never know the impact you can create. You never know how many generations that will continue to go through by just focusing on and showing up, just showing up for other people. And that's why I love the work that I do. I love traveling the globe. I love creating safe spaces for men. I love creating content, community, and conversations that support men like myself, yourself, and the, some of the men who are listening right now and really breaking through their greatest challenges because we're truly hurting as people. And there's so much healing that, we, that gets to take place. And it's a journey. It's truly a journey, and I'm happy to be on it. It really is, and I'm honored to have you on the show, Javon. It has been really exciting to have you here. And, you know, just if you could share with Mindful Tribe, how can we connect with you? How can we learn even more about what you do in the world? Absolutely. I live online at JavonLangford.com, and you can definitely follow and subscribe to my YouTube series where I do weekly video content, really powerful videos just straight from my heart on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash Thought Life Vlog. And I would love to connect with each and one of you guys. Find me on Facebook as well, Javon Langford, Instagram, Javon Langford. And um, just would love, looking forward to hearing from anybody who's really inspired by this message. Right. And I just want to add, Javon is J U V A N. So very easy to spell. Javon Langford, L A N G F O R D. And uh, so, yeah, connect with Javon, uh, hear some of his, see some of his videos and, and get in there and, you know, he'll make a difference for you too, I'm sure. So thanks again, Javon, for being part of the show today. Thank you for allowing me to be here and thank you for creating the platform. I know the work it takes to be consistent in this arena and I really appreciate you thinking enough about me to grace the platform and share and also doing so for other people who have powerful messages and we're committed to transforming the world one heart at a time. I appreciate you, Bruce. Thank you. My pleasure to have you here, Javon. Awesome. Cheers. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.